Hello and welcome to the Coffee House Podcast at 141 Studio. As always, I'm Ryan Whiting and I am here with Paul Cushing, my compatriot, my friend, my lover. <laughs> yes, all three. We're going we're going to London together. The two and a half. We we are going on holiday together. Yeah, we are. We're going to London together in March and we're gonna go see soccer games together. We're going whoa, to whoa, whoa, Harry. Whoa, 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 whoa. We can't call it that while we're there. Oh yeah, it's it's got to be football matches. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like it just feels like it would annoy them if we called it soccer. Oh, I'm gonna go see the big soccer game. The soccer game, yeah. Soccaroo, <laughs> soccaroo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're also we will also have Ryan's partner there with us too, which will be great. And maybe she will come with us to a game or two too. She might. See she the, might come see one. one I, two. I hope so. I hope so. Because yeah. if anything, the thing is, is I think she won't mind because it's two hours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're in and out pretty relatively quickly. It's two hours. You get yeah. 45, 15, 45. Yeah. And she might, I don't know, maybe, but the noise might be too much for her. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see how the first one goes. Yeah, we'll see how the first one goes. Anyways. Yeah. So, yeah, we're doing that. We'll, we will podcast over there. We will do it. You will, we will get find our, a way. You will get our mysterious Somewhere in England podcast. Yes. In March. Yeah. Most likely in Dalston, uh, London, United Kingdom. But we, it could be anywhere. Who knows? Yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Anyway, so they'll figure it out too. They'll like hear specific sounds and be like, "Oh, we know where you are." <laughs> anyway, um, as we've as we've uh, as we've taken a break, or I have taken a break, particularly, uh, we have there are some things that have been coming up over the course of the last couple of weeks of the Premier League, and um, it feels like we need to talk about them. Yeah, we're kind of going to recap a little bit on things that have happened. A big move for a U.S. international. Mm-hmm perhaps one of two teams who've never been relegated being relegated. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. yeah. And then one of those teams, their possibly best player being sold to uh, your almighty Newcastle United. Almighty. Says, <laughs> okay, we are going to talk mm-hmm. about that, but we're also going to talk about uh, the guy over there's team who's at the top of the table. Yes, we are top of the table. Who won yeah. dramatically last week and lost yeah. yesterday in the FA Cup, but I think that's a blessing in disguise for them to be honest right now. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, stop, you know, don't worry about the the domestic cup. It ultimately doesn't matter that much. I it mean, would be nice. We're going to win it. It's going to be us versus versus uh, Everton. <laughs> Everton. <laughs> I think they I think they're already up, but it doesn't matter. Is it so we're in the semifinals of the League Cup. Oh, okay. All right. And then the FA Cup is the is the other because there's two. Yeah. Two yeah. Did you guys win today, or did know. you guys play today? No, we played this week, like middle oh, of no. the week. Wednesday. You guys lost to Sheffield United uh, Wednesday in the we FA lost? Cup. No, yeah, I you we did. Won. You guys lost to Sheffield Wednesday. No, we won. Yes. No, you lost. You lost. You lost. That's right. You are out of the FA Cup. You're done. We're done. You guys lost last time, uh, third round. You guys lost. I'm looking at the there. EFL. Yeah, we didn't. Oh, yeah, we did. Oh, you're right. Well, so much for that. <laughs> anyway, so to the Everton. blue side of Liverpool. Yeah, to Everton. Are we Are we going to – should we start playing, like, Requiems for Everton in the top flight? Is that a thing that we should start doing? Are, so, actually, we're we're dark. We're not very nice about things. I mean, we are nice about things, but – We are. We, we are have empathic, to go yeah. gallows humor on it. Uh, are we just, like, burying them alive right now? They're they're dead and dying. Here's the thing. The thing is, is at the bottom of the Premier League, like from twentieth to twelfth, is like three points separating. So I can't. It can't do it yet. 
but they're the most dysfunctional of all of the teams currently. They're not. They're definitely far from the least talented team. Right. Even though they did, they're losing Anthony Gordon to Newcastle, which is a huge blow. But he's probably been their best player this year. They are easily the most dysfunctional club in the Premier League and probably have been for the last two or three years. In a way, them staying up last year was somewhat of a minor miracle, and Frank Lampard deserves a lot of credit for keeping them up. Yeah. And I, people are giving him a hard time when he was let go. Like, oh, like, oh, he doesn't know how to, you know, put this thing together. And it's like, actually, there's a bigger, much bigger problem above him that needs to be sorted out. Um, Uh, It is currently an absolute, we can't even say it, a dumpster fire. Because, like, that's sort of like a thing that we, we love. It is currently a horrible train wreck at Everton. Nobody likes train wrecks. Well, except for children watching model trains. Then they're hilarious. Whoa. But, um... But yeah, it's... This is not a model train wreck. This is an actual train wreck. This is an actual train wreck. People are screaming. There are fires. Um, So I guess they're for sale. Minority or majority stake. He's just sort of like... Mashiri's just like done. Yeah. He's like, this is is bad. I don't like this. Let's put it this way, right? So since he bought it about, Mm -hmm. what was it, like eight to ten years ago, right? He put in a half a billion dollars to the team, and they've only become worse over Right, they've only gotten worse. Here's the problem, right, is that there is no one in place really to deal with, like, a set plan to, like, recruit and do the things that they needed to do. Everton has one of the best youth programs in, in the world. Like, they produce excellent youth talent all the time. Anthony Gordon is another guy. Dominic, no, maybe Dominic Cavalloon is not a youth guy, but they found him really young. They yeah. they know how to spot talent. They've got guys right. who know how to spot talent and bring people in. The problem that they're having is that when it comes to adult players, like actual like twenty four to thirty that kind right. of thing, they always seem to players. yeah they either they swing and miss really heavily or they just swing and miss a lot. They don't and or they they find pieces that would be good players, but they put them in. They always end up putting them in the wrong places. Well, so it's like never set in stone about. I mean, one of their hits has moved on to to Tottenham, where Charleston was a great piece of business for them, but they. But they let they him also go. spent fifty million pounds on him. Right. Well, I mean, he was he was a sure thing though, and he did he didn't for fifty million pounds. He has not produced as much, I guess, as you would hope that he had. I mean, he didn't. He needed. Yeah, for for Everton, he needed to produce more because yeah. that's like a superstar signing for Everton. Fifty million pounds. He's got to be the guy. You right. know. And like, there's this thing happening with Everton, and it's it's kind of like uh, Anthony Gordon right now. I'm obviously a Newcastle fan, so I started looking into the like the underlying stats. They're all bad. They're everything about Anthony Gordon right now looks like he's a terrible player. But that's that's Everton. Everton is he's terrible really to good. play to play for right now. Everything's dysfunctional and and you just cannot look successful there. Anthony Gordon is going to be a better version of Mason Mount. Like that's that's like and I and I'm being Mount's very serious good. and Mount's really good. Anthony yeah. Gordon is going to be a better version of Mason Mount. He's actually more athletic than Mason Mount and he's quicker and he's sharper with his yeah. mind. And and Mason Mount's an excellent player. Yeah. Like I think Mason Mount's like borderline world class at times when he plays. And, if, and it, he's another tragedy right now that we can talk about another time, but we cuz he's Chelsea's like three episodes. Chelsea's <laughs> also like strangely like a giant mess right now too, which is really weird because Graham Potter yeah. usually has things organized correct. But we'll get back to Everton right now. I think Sorry. that's a tough job. It is a very tough job, especially the way Todd Bowley's buying players. They have see. they have twelve wingers. It's mess. It's a mess. Yeah, but Everton. Hey, you know what? I just thought about this. Everton should think about an American winger. Um, which which one? 
Yeah? You think that's the move? No, it's not going to be. There's no talk about it, but it would be a great thing because Landon Donovan was there. Yeah. Christian Pulisic could go there. The whole thing. Anyway, it could be like nice little tie together. Maybe Christian Pulisic could keep him up. And but. then Christian Pulisic moves to the MLS because he wasn't as good as we wanted him to be. Oh, uh, I hope. And, and the circle continues. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the problem with Everton, right, is the is is Mashiri, the ownership. The thing is, is that he got to a point where he spent so much money and he was like, I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm not paying any more money. Right. He's like, like I'm not putting any more rest. Figure yeah. it out. And this is where the when Rafa Benitez. This is like when the time that Rafa came in, and everyone's like, "Why is he getting hired?" And it was because he wouldn't spend money. Yeah. And Rafa then became absolutely furious about it because he's he's like, "I wait, what? Like this is like we're in trouble. Like, right. and you it, need something here, guy, because this isn't going to work out." And that's when Frank Lampard came in. So after Rafa Benitez, and all of a sudden, like everyone's wondering, like, "Oh wait, actually they are in real trouble. Like this is like a legitimate thing. Like this is like a real problem." And like he figured out like frank parlett like he figured it out he found ways to make them play so they could score goals and create chances but now their attacking phases all this stuff isn't working anymore they i mean they are missing richarlison i mean yeah. they are missing him because he does create chances and dama calvert lewin can't stay healthy period he just is not they, able to do it perhaps if they had have kept richarlison and they could have kept Gordon the right thing or the the correct way to build your squad would to just be the most annoying be Crystal Palace be the most annoying team in the Premier League to play just be just be all dark arts and kicking and diving and just like make every game an absolute slog and get other teams off their game and that might have been what Everton should have done. It's a little too late for that now. Now you're just not a very good team with no clear identity. And I think, thankfully, a guy like Sean Dyche will create a clear identity for them, at right. least for the next few months. They're going to be really hard to de- uh, to beat defensively. Um, they're well going, drilled at the back. Well drilled at the back, and they're going to hopefully just keep it tight and and hopefully create enough chances to score goals. This is where another one of those things, too, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, this could be a great moment for him because this is the kind of game that he may like really be suited for. Yeah. It's like he's a great header of the ball. Hoof he can create changes. He, he yeah. create chances. He's really good with link-up play. Like He could just be a monster, but he also has to stay on the field, and this yeah. is a thing that hasn't happened for him in the last couple of years. This is a problem for him right now. It's really sad because Everton is one of those, like, Everton are one of those clubs. Like they're, To me, they're like... It, when you think of the Premier League or just think about England, English teams in general, like even though they're not necessarily like Arsenal or Manchester United or, or um, Liverpool, they are one of those teams that people recognize and know and could see and be like, oh, I like I faintly remember that. I know that team. I think and they have a very rich history, too. Yeah. I think if you look at like clubs that are the big English clubs, yeah, they have to be in the top 10. Oh, it's for gonna, sure. It's yeah. going to be like them, Liverpool, Arsenal. Manchester um, United. Manchester United, Newcastle. Man- Newcastle, Manchester Leeds. City, Leeds. Um, yeah. Is City? Yeah. I mean, they've I mean, won titles. In they've the last won, like 20 years. But yeah, even but before, before then, then, in the okay, 70s, right. they won titles. They did the whole thing. Okay. Um, Chelsea is yep. one of those teams, even though they've been up and down. Tottenham yep. is another Tottenham, yep. Yep. I think Southampton. Yeah. Southampton have been mainly at the top for a long period of time. Right. And Southampton are always kind of like, they've always sort of been this way, where they'll mm-hmm. be good, sell a bunch of players, right. drop yeah. back down, get up, be good again. Like, that's their sort of 
feel like they've always been that way, right. at least since I've been paying attention. Wolves, Wolves is another one of those teams. They're like and Wolves and Aston Villa are two very big yeah. teams to me because Wolves were like a powerhouse in the fifties and sixties, mm-hmm. and they were up in the top division for until I would say like the nineties, and then they kind of all fell apart, and yep. they're back up again. Well, Aston Villa, uh, huge. They were there. I mean, they're monsters. It's like one of the monster clubs to me as well. And then um, what was another one. There's one other one. Oh, Leicester. Leicester. Yeah. Even though like they're more modern in a sense now, but even yeah. back in the '60s and stuff, they were competing they were still. and still like. And even in the '90s, they were like punching above their weight in a way, but they were still very much competitive. And yeah, I don't know. Um, um fun fact: We're on a tangent, so I'm just going to tangent a little bit more. Do you know why Wolverhampton are called Wanderers? Oh, because they didn't have a home, right, for a long period of time? Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's a fun naming convention. So yeah. any team that is like the this team Wanderers, they didn't have a home stadium. Right away, yeah. Yeah. Until... And so that's that's why they're they're called like that. And Wolverhampton's one of like the oldest clubs in England. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, probably from the eighteen nineties where they're like, Yeah, we don't have a home ground, so we're the Wanderers. They just kept it for hundred and thirty years. Yeah. But... I love that. Yeah, it's it's yeah. just one of those neat little things about you know European football where it's like oh yeah no they're the Wanderers they play over there they they play at the local park every now and then oh so they're they're your like your your pub team no 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 they're in the Prem <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's great I love it I love yeah Rovers Wanderers yeah, yeah Rovers is yeah is it's another one of those teams Blackburn. right. Blackburn. Blackburn Rovers is another Bristol like, Rovers, yeah, old, old, very important team. I think they're the oldest team in England, aren't they? No, nope. no, no, no. The Notts County is like really, really old. Wrexham yeah. is very old. Yeah. Um I think Blackburn's up there, but I don't there's think there's like them. six teams that were or like two teams that were Sheffield created. United is another one. I think, yeah, um, yeah. Sheffield's very old. Sheffield FC is the oldest one. That's like 1850s, yeah. but they're not necessarily they're, a professional team. Sheffield FC is part of United now, I believe. Sheffield United. Oh, they like oh, I, there's like a partnership involved. In well, stuff. I, I just think that that's why, why they became United because there were because there was uh was it Preston? There's still End? a fresh Sheff- um uh uh Sheffield FC. They're oh, still okay. like, still exists. They're just a, a semi-professional, almost amateur side at this point. Okay, yeah. I wonder if that. Yeah, I wonder how that all happened. Anyway. I wonder that too. Yeah, the blades. But anyway, back to Everton. <laughs> we'll go back to Everton quickly. I think the thing that's the saddest is that Everton's fans are some of the. Like Everton's fans are some of the the um, fiercest fans that you would find in all of England. Yeah, and there have been incidents. I shouldn't say incidents. There there have been interactions with the fans and the players. And essentially, Mashiri has put his foot in his mouth and um, uh, essentially, you know, turned his back to the fans in a lot of ways about like how they've interacted with the players and stuff because they're the ones who are like like what are you going to do like like we like you guys need to like what's happening what are you guys going right. to do and they've been I would say in the last year and a half have been even more vociferous than they've ever been and that is a loud stadium and they've been even more vociferous right and and, and like and not in a negative way like actually a very positive way when they were like there was a chance for them to go down. I thought they were the loudest. That was the loudest stadium. They to be were in. actively trying to help the team by just being loud, Carry being them. hard to play at. Yeah, car. They are carrying that team for the, the, the for the ninety minutes, like trying mm-hmm. to push them on to you know just at least hold on to a, a tie or create good. a victory out of nothing. And to me, I good. I think it has turned. I think we have reached a point where the noise is difficult for a squad that is reeling to 
to play in. I think it's as much pressure on their own on their on their own home team as it is on the away team. And part of that is because of kind of the interactions that fans have been having with the players where the players are kind of like, "Man, I'm trying to do the best I can." And the and the fans are like, "Well, you suck." And it's like, "Well, thanks, man." Like <laughs> I wouldn't even say, like, some of the interactions I saw, it wasn't even about, like, them sucking. It's, like, more of, like, you know, like, how, like, what are you going to do to help us? Like, what are you going to do? Like, we want you to stay up, and we're offering everything we can. Like, what's going on? Like, how can we, Yeah, you know, and and then Mashiri essentially saying, like, stay away from the players. Like, you can't have interactions like this. It's, like, Mm -hmm. you know, these guys aren't attacking the players. Right. I don't think it, I mean there may have there may be some tough language that's being involved in it in some instances but and and, and definitely there probably is because they're 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 scared and they're desperate to keep their team up yeah. but at the same time to you know essentially call the fans for I will say and and this is a half segue there is a player who's been who has been abused by the uh by the Everton faithful in the last probably month or so and it's it's Anthony Gordon. They've been pretty pretty bad to him. He's received death threats. They've like surrounded his car and stuff, and mm. like and like called him bad names. Like, do you think he? The, do you think this is like one of those things where? So he's he's an Everton lad. He came through the system, and he's being sold when they need him. So it's it's a little bit of a like how could you how could you abandon us when we need you type deal. And it's I this seems like it could get. I mean, it's already ugly for him. But was could it get were ugly the threats general. coming before he was being sold, or has it only been going on since he's being sold? Uh, so I think it's. I think the threats have happened in like the last week and a half. But I so I, like with the talks of him going to Newcastle. Yeah. Okay. okay. I think with the rumors of that. It, yeah. I mean, yeah that that would make sense. Yeah. If I was gonna say if he was, you know, there's talk of him being sold. Um, if there was, um, if it was before that, then yeah. I would say like okay. But especially now, and the thing is, is this kind of the way that the fans have responded to the talk of him leaving mm-hmm. is only pushing him out the door faster, right? A lot of the time, because it's like, like fuck you guys, like I'm out. Like why would I stay around for this? Yeah, I guess that's why he hasn't been in training for like the last three sessions. Yeah, because or he's probably is, been he's I'm, probably really dangerous for him to go there. I'm right not now. driving to the stadium. This is gonna go poor. I'm not going me. to the practice yeah. facility. Yeah, like I can't. It's too dangerous. And it's yeah. And I I don't you know like that stinks. That's tough. Yeah. And this is uh, this is how clubs kind of this is the end. It feels like the end for Everton in a way right now. I I think this will be <sighs> Everton is so disjointed and so poorly managed. If they go down, it could get very bad for them. See, I don't think that is the case because I do think what will happen is I do think if they go down, Marcelo Bielsa will be the coach of that team. And it may not may not, may not come up that first year, but they will second be up the second year. year because he will clean up he will clean all that up. He's he, going to buy like 10 championship level players, be like, "Hey, these guys will do what I need them to do, and then all of a sudden they're going to be the toughest team to play in the championship. They'll get up to the prem, and then you know three of those guys are going to be actually really prem, good. prem level players, right? Yeah. And it'll be it'll be the lead cycle again, and they'll and they'll be good. They'll be set for a while. He's I mean, a, they'll be set for like like two or three years, maybe. Yeah. yeah, but like I think at that point, like once they're back up. Maybe this is where ownership may come in again. They'll have a new stadium. There's all kinds of things that are happening for them. This is the other thing that's sort of crazy is that there's a stadium being built right now for them. Yeah. And they could go down and not actually have 
be in the premiership for that for that stadium when it's open because right. they're going in in 2024. They it'll be they'll be open next year. If they what I will say is if they get Marcelo Bielsa, even if they get relegated, they will get the fans back. He's he's at least enough of a weird mad scientist that like the fans will be like, okay, let's see what this is like. Well, the thing is, is like he'll hold that club back to a standard it, it belongs to be. Yeah. You know, like the thing is, is that I don't think there's been not, and this is not Frank Lampard's fault. The thing is, is like he'll hold them to a standard that is far and above what the owner even holds to a yeah. standard. You know, I mean, like I said, the stories of Bielsa are amazing. Like when he went to Leeds. The first thing he noticed was the cleanliness of the practice facility in the stadium. He's like, this isn't good enough. Like, we have this, everything has to be done. And he put the pressure on the players to clean the... Didn't he make the players clean, like, the the stadium and the the dressing room? He, like, he, you know, (laughs) yeah, like, any dirt, any, like, uncleanliness was cleaned by the players that they created. You know, like, any time that there was uncleanliness, Uh it's like, no, you're going to clean up your mess. This is, this is bull. Like, do your job. Do the, like, this is your responsibility of being a club. And the thing is, is when you hear the the, the fans that are upset with you, you're going to listen to them because they're upset with you for a reason. Right. Yeah. Because, because there is only one critic that matters because right? they're paying your them. bills technically <laughs> right? i mean other people are paying your bills but like yeah. they're paying for you to be good yes. so be ready for when yeah. it doesn't go so well for you right and i think he'll bring that back to the bring that back to a club he brings like i think more than anything and i really do hope this happens for everton mm-hmm. i hope they stay up but i do hope bielsa goes to everton mm-hmm. because bielsa brings heart back to a club yeah and i can't tell you how often the heart of a club goes away and i think it would be so great for them if yeah. that were to happen, they they will have a very specific identity, and they can be proud to be Everton. Again. Yeah, because it's a great club. It's such yeah. a great club. I mean, the Men in Blazers. What I can't remember is Roger Bennett. Maybe it's Roger Bennett. I can't remember. Yes, he's yeah. the Everton guy, and he's yeah. heartbroken right now. And that yeah. club is broken. It's heart. It's heartbreaking. He, he has watch. been making illusions for a year and a half right. now about how right. like bad the right. club is. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So all right. You got five minutes, Paul. Sell me on my new favorite cunt. Anthony Gordon. Anthony Gordon. He's actually, all right, was he 19? He's 21. 21. 21 year old. One of the best youth academy players to come from Everton in a long time. Legitimately. Which is saying saying something. Yeah, because you're good talking about, setup. you know, Wayne Rooney. Mm-hmm. Wayne Rooney and Wayne. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they have a deeper uh, uh, group of players than that. But uh, Wayne Rooney is like the guy, right? Everyone knows this yeah. Wayne Rooney. He's there. He's he's not going to be Rain Wayne Rooney, but he's going to be very close to Rain Wayne Rooney. Let's just put. It you that think way. he has this goal scoring threat like that? I'm not saying goal. No, no. I'm saying oh, okay. affect, affect on the field. Okay. All right. He is an attacking midfielder, really. Like mm-hmm. he's a winger attacking midfielder. He will score goals for you, but he's a yeah. guy who's going to create a lot of chances. Uh, does the job in the press? I've heard. Oh my God! So good in the press. Works hard. Is good. He's press resistant. Mm-hmm. So, like, as a, I don't know, this is maybe a key word. So, press resistant as a player who, when the press is on him, he can elude and create, uh, uh, make the right pass or movement to to break press yep. so that you can keep moving forward. Even when he's getting clattered a little bit, he yep. can he can move the. He's ball quick. Along. He's strong. He's able to do a lot of you know really good things on the ball. I know that Everett, he hasn't shown it this year for Everton necessarily, but I think that is more of a factor of the problems that are happening at Everton more than anything else. And in a team at like Newcastle where there's a lot of structure and other ball players around him, he's going to be very, very good. And I would not be surprised if he scores, he, he creates a lot of chances, scores lots of goals for that Newcastle team. Yeah. Do you think he's going to be our starting left wing? I don't know. I would say I would say yes right, right now. So you have Almiron and and well, how how old Almiron is old too? Almiron's like twenty five, twenty six. No, he's like older. I think he's like twenty eight, twenty nine. 
don't think he's that much, man. I, I, I think he, 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 he he's older be. than you think, he, I think. He's older, and I'm not well, saying that he's still in his prime. He'll still yeah. have time in, in to play, but... Uh, Almiron's also playing on the right right now, isn't yeah, he? But yeah, but Anthony Gordon can play on either side. Okay. He's he's a guy who can play across that, that midfield three, that like attacking midfield three. He can play on the left, on the right, in the center. And he mm-hmm. could play as a nine, but it would be more as a false nine. So yeah. like, he can do all of those roles. So he's very, very multiplicitous. Wow, look at that word. Yeah. He, he has many. He has value in many places on that pitch for them. And so um, I would say it's – and for the price that you guys have bought him for, for $40 million with maybe some add-ons, I think – I think it's five. $40 five million. Per, uh, five million in incentives. So 45 million pounds possibly. That's mm-hmm. a great deal, especially in this market and finding attackers. If he's anything right. like uh, what – you know, like if he's anything similar to like Gabriel Jesus, like you've hit a home run. You yeah. know, because think about it. How much did you play for Isaac? Seventy-four quite, million quite pounds, a bit. right? Yeah. He he's going to have a similar affect as Isaac, and I oh, think wow. he'll be healthier than Isaac. Yeah. You know, Isaac's I, a, a big, thin boy. He's he's going to have injury problems. I he imagine. might. He, I just think, uh, anyways. But yeah, I just think he's that kind of. He's got that. Yeah. And he, the thing is, he's prem ready. He's, right, he's already doing it. He's already right. playing the prem. Maybe not he's, super well, but he's doing it right now. You I know? wouldn't even. Yeah, yeah. He's just out of form right now. I guarantee yeah. you. A couple, couple games in Newcastle with some of those players, like balls coming from Jalinton and Sam Maximin and and all those guys. Like he's gonna, he's in the, he's gonna be really good. Well, it does give us a lineup. Thinking about it, where you're playing Miguel Almiron, mm-hmm. Alexander Isak, mm-hmm. uh, Anthony Gordon, mm-hmm. Joe Linton, Bruno Grimaresh. Mm-hmm. And that press is going to be nasty. That's that tough, was a that's five tough right to work there. That's, yeah, that's, so you would have... Um, would Sam Maximin be on the bench? Yeah, Sam Maximin's been on the bench for like the last probably month. He's been, uh, he has, he's been hurt. Okay, okay, um, that's the reason, okay. But he's, yeah, he is sort of our luxury player, Sam Maximin right now. Who's the, who's... Uh, who's your defensive midfielder? Is it Joe Linton? Uh, he's nope. like an eight, right? Uh, it's been a oh god, the Newcastle boy, a Longstaff. Longstaff, either either Maddie or or Sean, whichever Either one. one we I have. think it's Sean. Sean's the one who's been the piece of bigger one, right? Yeah, Sean Longstaff. Yeah, and, yeah. Ma- and Matt's uh, on loan to a championship side yeah. right now. I I think that's the area too. Like if you looking at the yep. future, that's the area that's going to be improved significantly in the summertime. Yeah, and and yeah. I think Sean will kind of be that guy who always has a job, or Maddie, whichever. The Longstaff will be a guy. Sean who, Longstaff. Sean who will always have a job at Newcastle as sort of like the rotation defensive mid type guy. Yep. Yep. He's, I mean, the, the, he's starting for them and they're playing really well. So it, yeah. it's not like there's an issue necessarily that he's, yeah, you know, but they're going to need someone who's going to be a much better progressive passer than he is. Yeah. And every time he's a he terrible has to one, make but a he's play, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah you tough. can see the difference in quality between him yeah. and, and pretty much everybody else that starts for them at this point. Yeah. A guy that I saw recently was, um, that I saw linked uh, to Newcastle was Scott McTominay, which w- is not the answer. He's essentially the same yeah. guy. I think, I Bigger. mean, it wouldn't be bad, but I think he yeah. is a depth piece maybe, sure. Yeah. But if you're looking to push and get to the get to the summit, you need a guy, you need like a Thomas Partey or a Rodri. You need some some guy like that that's going to really to like set the, the yeah. table. Like or Moises Caicedo or there's a, there's a bunch, there's a few of them out there right now that, that are really kind of occurring it, out there would be very on brand with what Newcastle has been doing to be the team that goes in for Tyler Adams. Yeah, that would be a great... I, I, yeah. I, the progressive pass thing would be something I'd look at with Tyler Adams and, I, and I see what his numbers... I think he's better at it are. than... 
I mean, all he has to do is get it up to Joel Linton or uh, or Bruno, and I think he can do that. I, I he's not a tempo setter though to me. Like yeah. he's not like a like a pass tempo setter. He's like a like a uh, to me he's like a pressing tempo tempo center. Uh, yeah. Like uh, you know, but I mean, we'll see. I maybe I'm not, maybe I'm wrong about that. But he's been excellent for the for Leeds this year. Yeah. And if Leeds stay if Leeds stay up because that's still an if, I think that'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah. So Anthony Gordon. Great, great. I'm going to say it. It's a great signing. He's going to be great for them, much like uh, Leandro uh, uh, Leandro Trossard for Arsenal. Like mm-hmm. people were kind of giving him a little flack because of the price or whatever. And I'm like, he, right. He's going to literally market. slide right in, yeah. and he's going to be excellent for them. And he he's going to save. He's going to make sure, like, if someone like Saka gets out is out injured or or Martinelli's out injured, that he'll be great. Yeah. But we're going now to Leeds. Actually, yeah, we're talking ta- about talking Leeds about briefly. Tyler Adams. We're talking about Tyler Adams, and now his his teammate, his U.S. men's teammate. Weston McKinney. Weston McKinney. Weston McKinney, who is a uh, uh, U.S. men's national teammate of Tyler Adams and of uh, Brandon Aronson. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there's a couple, there's a few of those uh, U.S. men's national team players at uh, at uh, Leeds right now. It feels like that's the place where the U.S. players, te- US team well, players go, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It happened with uh, Fulham about 15 years ago. Yep. They were, they. Five. Five, five was, is the record. In five the was the record. I think it was uh, Fulham that had the five. Yep. It was Bocanegra, McBride, Dempsey. Oh, there's two more. I don't know. Oh, uh, I don't know. It's don't. not that big of a deal. I got three of the five, okay? <laughs> you did great. Speaking of, proud of you. well, yeah, it was McBride's part of the, the dumpster fire that is the U.S. Uh, men's national team. <sighs> well, he he doesn't have his job anymore. Well, he's the one. Ernie Stewart's gone. Yeah. Um Stewart being gone is a big deal. Yeah, he went to PSV Eindhoven, which is like yeah. a crazy job to get. That's like a big time job to yeah. get, which is sort of wild. Um, Maybe he's he wasn't the problem. Um, he wasn't the problem. He had to report the problem. He was, right. you know, like he. Anyway, it, it, we got we got to go back to Leeds because yeah, McKenny playing oh. playing in a midfield with Adams for club as a and dynamic country. eight. He is a dynamic yeah. eight. Like I know. People want to want him to be like a six. He's not a six. He will no. never be a six. He's a dynamic eight that full, full, like, uh, is uh, runs late into the box and creates chances. And he's probably the one of the best attacking headers on corners and set pieces that you will find in the game. Period. Yeah. There is there are maybe like two guys who are better than him in, in the game at that. It, it's mostly a dying art. And McKenny just skies monster. up above he's everybody and, and pounds him in. He's very good at it. Yeah, and I think the thing with McKenny. Is there is a technical ability? He has a limit to his technical ability, and to a point, I think he'll be really good for this Leeds team. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing about him is he will keep them up because they will. He will score goals for them yeah. in important times because he will score a set piece goal. He will score a corner. He will do that thing, and they will win one nil somehow against a, a team like very Chelsea. Tight. He's in a, a very tight, tight game player. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and Jesse Marsh knows that. Mm-hmm. And I think I think he's excited to have someone like Weston McKinney there, and he's got high energy. He'll run all over the pitch. He'll do all the work that you need to do. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll be. I actually think, I, I, in a way, for Leeds especially, it's a great signing. I think it'd be a yeah. great signing for Leeds. They need an. Eight, they need an eight. They don't really have that in their squad. And I think with Tyler Adams and McKinney, they're going to. They're, you're going to be surprised at how many more games they'll boss. And the thing is, the yeah. guy like Brandon Aronson, who is also just like a like a terrier, like at the top there. He, he's another one. They're going to like, press like crazy. Yeah. They're going to press, 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 press. And the thing is, too, is they bought a couple guys from Salzburg, which is where Jesse Marsh was before in the past, or he yep. was part. That he's bought in some 
players from RB Leipzig or RB Salzburg, mm-hmm. players from that the re- the Red Bull system, the Red Bull system that like will play the way he wants to play, and yeah. so they're going to. The plan is they want to run you to the ground. It, it's going to be chaos. It's going to be lots of chaos, and you'll have to deal with it. And I think that's what will keep them up. I think they will stay up. They're going to stay up again. And I think they're may, this might be like a turning point for them. They might be a way for them to kind of turn into the next thing, uh, to the next wave where they're very solid, and mm-hmm. they won't go down anytime soon. And we saw, we saw a McKenney-Adams midfield and obviously there is Musa, who's I also think a beast. He would cost probably eighty million in this market. I don't know right it's, now. Sixty, probably sixty. He's incredibly good. He's having a great year. Mm-hmm. Um, but we watched them be about the best midfield in in the World Cup. They were at mm. least they were pretty good. They Nobody were really good. I would them. say they're really good. I don't yeah. want to say they're the best because they no no made no. It I won't say yeah. about the best. About they they're probably, there. They're in the top tier. I would say yeah. sure. They could you could say that yeah and. Um, there's a weird like a weird comparison that has been made because they played together at the same time with Rabio and McKenney. I actually I had to have this conversation with somebody at one point. And like McKenney's passing stats were always a little bit better when they mm-hmm. were playing for Juventus. Mm-hmm. And I think Rabio's probably a better, more technical player now. But like at one point McKenney was doing better than him in the same, basically the same position. They were playing for each other, like as rotation guys. Yeah, I think I think McKenney. Mm, yeah, maybe I shouldn't say he's limited technically. I think there is there is a he is not going to do fancy like like. Is he a progressive passer of the ball? He is in a very Weston McKenney way. Right. He's he's a big very guy. American way. Right? right. Right. He's a big guy who can get into places. Gets the ball, and he can be like, you know what? I can put this over the top, and if they can go get it, then it'll work, you know? And he can do that well enough that I think it will be interesting to see how he's used with Leeds. Obviously, they like to they like to run a lot. They like to play that Red Bull football, but there is a little bit of a, like, clever passer in McKenney. Mm-hmm. Um, he At one point, he was, uh, it was like 1.43 per 90. Like uh, like passes into the final final third. That's pretty good. Yeah, he was in. The, he was like in the top sixty percentile. It's not like he was like amazing, but it was like it's good enough. He's going to do a job. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think it's a good signing, and I think he wants to be in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, there was talk about him going to Arsenal, and I think uh, the. <laughs> I asked you about that, and I said there's no way because the thing is, is he wouldn't play that much, and the thing is, he's not the type of player that Mikel Arteta wants. He's not yeah. the profile. He's a really good player, but it's not. He's not going to play the way that Arteta needs an eight to play. I think I will say that very he clear. would have been. It would have taken a long time. I think. I think he would have been Jaka. When Jaka starts to age out, I think that's what he would have ended up being. Maybe, yeah. Arsenal. I think, but I think Jaka, there's, mm, yeah, there's a possibility it could have been that. Like that, I think that was the ceiling, maybe. Yeah. You know, and that's a good, really good player. Jaka is an excellent player. Jaka's like, a, he's been great for the last like year and a half. He's been great. He's actually been one of the better eights that have been in the league. And I know that like, people give him crap because of some of the things that happened in the past, but I, I, do, he is actually a really good player and a good leader. And I do think Arsenal will move on from him very, very soon. But I think he's been the, the turnaround that he's had at the club alone has been huge. And he was a Swiss Player of the Year this year. Yeah, I think Jaka is a is a very good player who, when playing with great players, does not look out of place. 
and I think that's kind of what's happening with Arsenal. I he's not. I don't know if he's a floor raiser. I think he's a. I think he's a very, very, very solid player, which is why he's been at Arsenal for like a decade now. And the nice thing about Xhaka is, if somebody absolutely has to get sliced down or clattered, Xhaka's all in for it. Always he's a, has he's, always, he's got a. He's yeah. He's a. Right. He can be a hard body at times. I think. Right. I don't know. I. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I. I'm. And honestly, that's a good player. That's so. He's a, he is a floor raiser to me. Like I don't think they would ever go down too far with him as as like because he was the guy. Like I would he say was when the best they, player at one point. Yeah, I would say when they were really struggling a couple of years yeah. ago. Like he was a guy that a lot of the game was going through because he was right. a he was really good at a very specific part of the game, and they actually had to find ways to create space for him so he could create. So he yeah. could create for them and like get him out of trouble in the back, first and second phase. And now you're seeing the other part of his game, which is actually better than his other his first part, yeah. first and second phase. And I think what's his name, uh, Arsene Wenger, even called it out when he bought him. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, like we're gonna play him in this role, but really he's a box to box midfielder. And guess right. what? He was <laughs> right. right. He's, he's, he's doing, a box. Right. He's a really like really really good box to box midfielder. We should stick to Arsenal very briefly. I want to talk about this. We'll go to Arsenal right now since. We're there. Um, so they lost yesterday to Manchester City, one 0 In a way, not a huge deal. Yeah. They played really well. They 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 sat half of their starters, where Manchester City pretty much played all of their starters, and uh, I th- I exception think it was of the goalkeeper. A message, right? What, with was... Arsenal? Oh no! With I mean, it's more of I a message City's... from Arsenal, I think, because they oh, only okay. lost one one nil with their with the with a their lot of rotation. Yeah, guys. with a lot of rotation, and they sat Odegaard. Oh no no! Uh, li- I was listening to something else there. Um. So, with Arsenal, yeah, I think it was more of a statement because Arsenal went toe-to-toe with Manchester City the entire game. Yeah. The, the stats are very similar. The XG is very similar. I, I think that um, I think Arsenal had the better of it in the first half, actually, for the most part. Um, I think Man City grew into the game in the second. And, and they also, too, Man, uh, Thomas Partey went on at ha- halftime, and that changed the game completely, yeah. which was a big deal. But I think when it comes to the Premier League games, you know, it's, if things stay the same, I think... Um, if you're an Arsenal fan, you're you're feeling confident that this is this is going to be uh there if they can stay healthy, they could go on this run and, and possibly win it. Yeah. I mean yeah. there we're what, fifty percent of the way through the season? I think we're exactly halfway at this point. You guys look very good. You look thing, it's a it's a depth thing. Can, yeah. Can Arsenal stay healthy for long enough to get through this through the entire season without any serious major injury and I think that Arsenal are I think they've played the best of any team like not necessarily like points wise is like showing a thing but i think also with regards to the what you see like your eye tests i think they've been the best team that's been uh, on the field uh this season they have they play in this like really like they have this man city thing but there's also like an element of chaos that kind of occurs with them at the same time and there's also like a little vengerishness that's sort of happening all all at the same time there's like a little like amalgamation of of like klopp and and pep and yeah, and, and finger that it all kind of occurs and creates this like crazy. I think sort part of, of that is maybe um, Arteta coaching essentially the players he has. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of um, modern managerial work is like having your plan, having your system, mm-hmm. getting players who operate mm-hmm. for that system, and then kind of like allowing them to be who they are. Right. Though. Right. 
and I wonder how much of the chaos comes from the fact that Sokka is sort of the kind of player he is. I mean, Sokka is this, like, I mean, it feels like Sokka's becoming this unicorn that you don't find very often, right? He's like, impressive. He, beca- he keeps moving into this, like, stratosphere. You're like, wait a second. Like, is this, like, what are you doing right now? Like, you're doing, like, another thing that I didn't expect you to do. Like, you're... That, yeah. uh... That goal, I think, last week against United, that like curler to the top top bins, as they say, it was lower, but oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It but was just still, yeah, freaky. Right, He's just got this, yeah. Right, it's, he as soon as he cuts inside, you're like, oh, is he gonna take this on? And then mm-hmm. it's just a beautiful strike. And there aren't like, I mean, there are there are guys who can do that, but like with the confidence that he had, that's what he was doing the whole time. He almost he only had a second one that hit the post, and yeah. it was just slightly deflected, but that was going in the yeah. corner too. And and there's De Gea had no chance. He just stood there, was gonna watch it go into the right. Back he was like, oh, oh well, that would have been number <laughs> like, two. Yeah. And the thing is, is that. He's he is because the thing is he can play um he can play both ways he can go to the touchline yep. he can go cut into the into the center he can he can pretty much do whatever he wants you know like he like it takes they he has to be double teamed consistently in order for people yeah. to stop him and even then it doesn't even always work he's very special he's good he's going to be great for the next ten years and like he's they if Arsenal are smart they have him yeah. tied up for they they keep him in the the basement of the Emirates and they <laughs> they don't let him leave they don't let him leave <laughs> except for game days except, <laughs> um, I'm not saying that Saka should be tied up I'm just saying like he's just like the Arsenal should treat him with they give him all of the money give him all of the praise like make him the face of the club like yeah. he's the face of the club to me I think it was incredibly telling it was Gareth Southgate right mm-hmm. when he misses the penalties yeah. And everybody's like, oh, man, that's going to damage an 18-year-old. And Gareth was just like, it absolutely won't. No, like, no he's it di- didn't. Right. He's, he does not care. He's got more confidence than anyone I've ever met, you know? And, and it's I, like proper confidence, too. Right. It's not like this, like, cocky, like, it no. seems like brashness. Like, he's yeah. not a brash guy. He's actually very controlled and composed mm-hmm. and, like, together. And for a kid who's 21, it's very... He's only 21, by the way. Right. He, he just has that, like, if it works, he's like, oh, right. cool, yeah. I thought that's how it would go. If it doesn't, he goes, oh, okay, yeah, all right. Cool. Like, and I'll do it again, because <laughs> yeah. like, it'll go sometimes. Right. You know? You can and, thank Unai Emery for this, too, by the way, because he was the one who f- played him first, is Unai yeah. Emery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who's uh, pretty pretty good manager in, he's in pretty his own good right. i think yeah he came to arsenal and it was a mess yes and i think he it, or it turned into a mess because of the recruitment and a whole bunch of things that were happening it is always very important and always understated how sometimes a little bit of professionalism being injected into something is incredibly important mm-hmm. like if you're a disorganized mess right and then something comes around and gives you just even a drop of professionalism mm-hmm. in there. All of a sudden, everything reacts, and you're more you're more like capable of reaching that next level just right. because you've got just like a little like you've had an adult in the room who's like, "Wow, this isn't great. You guys should do this." And like now, now you think about it. Now yeah. you think about, wait, what are all the bad habits I have? Right, right. And I, I, and I think that's a lot of what Unai Emery's uh, impact is going to have been on on Arsenal. Well, and I will say this too, like with Emery and and um, the turnaround and stuff, like the things came became worse. And it was I wouldn't say it was necessarily an Emery thing. I think what ended up happening is that he had a bunch of professionals who didn't want to do the work that Emery right. requires of his teams to do. You know, because he, he, he actually plays a really interesting style of play. He's yeah. a very interesting and intricate style of play. And the thing is, is like Emery's not a guy who's going to throw a strop or like or have these issues with players he's going to deal with the players that he has and he's not going to worry about them yep the guy like Mikel Arteta it's like nope 
this is not working. Right. We're going to figure out like either you, you help you back me for a little bit to try to figure this out or we're done. Right. Either and he would have walked away. And I think that was a, it's one of those things that Arsenal like sort of realized and recognized. And, yeah. and we realized like, Oh wait, this guy actually knows really is trying mm-hmm. to change everything at this club. Right. He's changing the entire culture. He's right. changed it from a, deep inside. He's the one who's brought the heart back to the club yeah. in a lot. He's another one of those guys that mm-hmm. if another club some somehow finds him, I guarantee you Arsenal's not going to let him go unless things completely fall apart, which I, with a guy like him, I don't see happening in a way, yep. but like so, he's a heart guy. He's going to bring the heart back to a club. Yeah. So actually, we didn't say we were going to talk about this, but let's just yeah. like maybe minute on this. So top four managers in the Premier League right now. Arteta. Arteta. Pep. Pep. Eddie Howe. <laughs> and then the Dutch man. I know, Erickson Hogg, yeah. And Wild. Wild, they're in fourth. I thought this would take longer. Is he the best coach in the Prem? No. I, I, he's he's a really smart manager right. but here's the thing he's doing really well with what they have and um but there's going to be change that has to happen within them and the yeah. thing is is they had excellent pieces already there right i want to make that very clear marcus rashford is a world-class player right he hasn't played world-class Always bruno bruno uh bruno fernandez is a world-class player uh who else is a world-class player they have a bunch of guys who are really really uh, really good i mean they've got a lot of guys that are there available i mean they bought casemiro who is a mm-hmm. world-class player anthony is a good player. He's not world class. <laughs> I know a lot of people like want to like be like, oh, we spent a lot of money. It it yeah. was a mistake. They spent too much money on Anthony. I'm just gonna like they get did. Very a clear. little bit. He they, might be a very good player. He'll be a very good player. And honestly, they be... spent a lot of money on Anthony because Mason Greenwood decided to have um, some weirdness to, with yeah, a girl to, to be a very bad person. Yeah, he decided um, to be a very bad boy. Um, um, I it'll be interesting. Anthony versus uh, Isak. Because they sort of, I think Isak will be a better player I than Anthony. Because I think Isak, I think because Isak's a better athlete than Anthony. Anthony is a winger who yeah. can't beat people one on one. He doesn't have the speed to beat people one on one. Isak's very interesting. I watched him get a ball, look at two defenders, and be like, "Oh, I can go by you." Dink, dink, and, and he's and, gone. And both of the defenders also realizing that as it's happening, like, "Oh no, oh no." Yeah, we're in trouble. <laughs> right? Yeah, he's a yeah. So because he's a big guy, and you're like, "Oh man, he's gonna do big guy things." And and he, he doesn't. Right. And then, like, at the back, they're pretty strong. They have, yeah. I mean, they bought Lissandro yeah. Martinez, and they bought, they have Iran. They have guys. They have players available. They, like, the things that they're going to look at, they're going to look at a defensive midfielder. Mm-hmm. Very specifically, they're going to look at another midfielder, or, like, an eight. Because Casemiro's a little bit older. He's a defensive he? midfielder. He's a 30, he's 31. Yeah, I mean, okay. he'll still be really good for a couple of years, because he'll know how to, you know, move his, yeah. But, they're going to move on McTominay, right? I don't know. They might keep him as a depth piece, but they need midfielders. They need a striker, like a mm-hmm. proper number nine, and um, they need. Um, they probably need a left back. They need wing backs too. You think Shaw's? I mean, Shaw's. He's been fine. He'll probably. You know well. what'll happen? Shaw's going to move into the center. He'll be like yeah. one of the well, four rotations. He's, he's a bigger guy. Isn't he? He's like six feet. No, he's tiny. But oh, he's like oh. burly. But he's oh, yeah. like a really smart player and like Eric Ten Hag. And he's a really good distributor of the ball. So Eric Ten Hag will find a place for him. He's kind of similar. He'll be like Lissandra Martinez. Essentially, like another version of that. Yeah. And you know what? That'll be fine. And they need a goalkeeper. Because mm-hmm. De Gea doesn't play the way that Ten Hag wants to play. Yeah. It's very clear. They get the Arsenal game. Um, they struggled. He's really struggled. And it, I, I wouldn't necessarily blame him for it. This is part of the process. This is yeah. a part of the process for Ten Hag. He knows exactly what he'll need in the summertime. Uh, I was listening to the Total uh, Soccer Show, and mm. um, one of the hosts is a Manchester United uh, fan. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how, like, anytime time David De Gea, De Gea 
would have the ball and like he would have to distribute it out. He would be looking around and be like, guys, guys, can you come back? Guys, I cannot make that throw. <laughs> like, no. Like- well, the problem was like it wasn't necessarily that. It was that the, the options were so very limited because yeah. Arsenal were actually played really cleverly against mm-hmm. De Gea. And the thing is, is like it was forcing him to hit like a 65 yard diagonal ball, which is yep. not an easy ball to hit. No, very hard. It's a very yeah. hard ball to hit. And he's not great. He's like, I would say he's above average. Like, he's not bad. I know people want to put him in the bad category. He's not bad. No. He's above average. But he's, he's a world-class goal, goalkeeper. He's, he's a yeah. world-class shot stopper. He's probably yeah. the best shot stopper in the, like, or like one of the three best shot stoppers mm-hmm. in, the, in, in the world. Okay, yeah. I want to make that very clear. His distribution is above average, but it's not great. Yeah. He has limitations. And the thing was, is that Arsenal were creating opportunity, creating ways in which the ball went to Wambasaka. Yeah. Who is terrible at playing out of the back. Right. So like a lot of the times they're playing he he has to force these balls to Wambasaka and they're like he's like I can't do keep doing this. Yeah. We're going to lose the ball and this is going to be a problem. Like so he's having to hit other balls that he's not very comfortable with into places that uh, where there's constant pressure and, and things and it's yeah. it's it's more about it's more about the team collective and uh, yeah. Eric Ten Hag knows that too. Like Ten Hag knows that he it's not necessarily just De Gea. Yeah. It's it's De Gea plus other things, other elements. And also, Ten Hag defending or uh, Ma- Manchester United's defending against Arsenal is bullshit. I just want to make that very clear. He's like, oh, like we only kept him to a couple of shots outside outside the the box. And actually, Arsenal had more shots on target inside the box than any other team has had in the Prem all season. So Eric and Ten Hag can eat shit about that. And also, they had more touches in the box than any team in the Premier League this season and like the last like three or four seasons. So. Eric and Hawk can eat shit about that too. They 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 struggled. They had they were very fortunate to be only to only win three to two. It actually should have been like five to one, something like that. Yeah. If if you were wondering, right here at the end of the podcast, I I was I was winding Paul up. This has been <laughs> the Coffee House Podcast <laughs> at One Four One Studio. I'm Ryan Whiting. And I'm Paul Cushing. And um all hell the trash fire. I'll hail the trash fire. I'll hail the trash fire. Do you want one fuck man you? No, I'm not doing I don't care about it. No, no, no. I'm just saying like like Eric Ken Hogg was <laughs> preaching some bullshit, like preaching some bullshit. That's all it was. I don't, he's a great manager. Positive. He's a great manager. He was just preaching some bullshit in that moment. He was lying. <laughs> he was a liar. You're being a liar, Eric Ten Hogg. Don't be a liar. Be honest. It's okay. You tell the players brutally honest things in your trainings all the time. So be honest when you're in, in front of the microphone, you, you jerk. Okay. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. We, all right. So I want to make this announcement really quick. So we're going to go through this whole construction phase and and redevelopment of the coffee house. And we're going to have new designs and new things available. And hopefully we'll have t-shirts up within the next six months. We hope you can support that and be ready as we go into this next stage of the coffee house, because it's coming. Oh, it's coming. The, The drip, the drip will be heavy and it will be beautiful.